0: Good day. This is Mike Brown from Hometown Novel News. Once again, uh, coming back to you to talk a little bit about some of the literary comings and goings in Cahita County uh, in the greater Noonan area. And today I've got a couple of special guests, uh, Richard Proctor and Stephen Quisenberry, uh, who've written a couple of great books that I want all of y'all to be introduced to today. But before I do that, first of all, because this is the December edition of the podcast— Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to everyone. Y'all want to wish a happy Merry Christmas and Happy New Year over there, Steve and Richard?
1: Well, Merry Christmas to all everybody out there. And of course, looking forward to uh, another year. Fantastic. Yep. Happy New Year and a Christmas coming,
2: and it should be good, hopefully yeah the weather's good i have uh my daughter has
0: sent me pictures uh from Massachusetts, so we are very fortunate that we're not sitting here in six inches of snow so I'm happy with that But today, what I wanted to do with this uh particular podcast is to introduce to those who have not heard if you have failed to check the paper lately or haven't been to the library lately or one of the bookstores is Caida County has been blessed with two fantastic uh books that have been written by local uh, authors here. That uh, understand Cuytha County, understand the personalities, the comings and goings, uh, the life uh, blood that happens here, and their books reflect that. And I, I was thinking about it back this morning, and yeah, I mean, yes, we're the home of the birthplace of Erskine Caldwell, and you know, we had, uh, we've still got the ghost of Louis Gazzard, you know, traipsing up and down Court Square and what was the the old Scott's Bookstore area. Um, but, I, you know, what came to my mind, too, probably because of this, these two books that I'm about to talk to you about, um, is the Murder in Coeta County book, you know, uh, Margaret Barnes. Uh, that caused such a stir. To this day, any time that I'm around the bookstore, everybody comes and asks, do you have a copy of The Murder of Coeta County? Well, that just tells you that that was a book that, that touched lives here in Coeta County, and it, uh, it, it reflected who we were in those days when it was written back in the early 1980s. Uh, and it still continues to sell uh, as, I, as I was doing my research today. So, you know, um, today there's two similar books that I think that uh, reflect the personality of this uh, wonderful uh, town I call hometown – uh, around Noonan and, uh, and living in Coyote County and you know um, and Richard's looking at me because he's the new mayor of Grantville and I put my head down in Grantville but I call Noonan my hometown but he understands why because he also does pretty much the same thing. Uh, so you know without too much further ado I'll speak a little bit more about what we're going to be doing next month um, but let's not get ahead of ourselves that way. Uh, today I do have Richard Proctor um, and richard has uh, he's, he's written a couple of books while he was out there in Colorado for several years, but he's come back home uh, to coita county and He's, uh, you know, he's 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 hit the, he hit the ground running. Uh, he's an active member in our writers' programs, the author programs that we're doing. Um, he was just recently part of the author program last month, introducing his book uh, about Coach Max Bass. So uh, I want to talk about uh, Richard here briefly uh, first, just to introduce him and, you know, his book, Everybody Needs a Mule. So for those that are familiar with the Noonan High School famous Max Bass, coach. Uh, They understand what the title refers to. So, Richard, would you like to kind of say a a couple of words a little bit here?
1: Well, sure, Mike. Um, You know, you talk about uh, uh, being from a place, and I am from Noonan, Georgia. I was born here in 1962. Uh, I am the – you say I hit the ground running, and and I have have a lot of titles. Someone asked me the other day, they said – you know, you look familiar, but, but what are you? I said, well, I'm the son of the late Dr. Ernest Proctor, who was very well known in Noonan when he practiced up until his death in 1970. He's uh, one of the P's in Pap Clinic. Uh, and I always feel like Coweta County is is really my roots, where I'm from. Uh, other things I do besides writing the book on Coach Max Bass, uh, very active in First Baptist Church of Noonan, uh, where I actually teach Sunday school. Um, also, I'm a member of the Kiwanis Golden K's. These are the older gentlemen Kiwanis. Uh, and we are known, you'll see us at uh, the fair in the fall, parking the cars, which you've seen me. Mm-hmm. Uh, we also are out there selling the pecans. Connie thinks and, he knows. and right now, we are ringing the bell for the Salvation Army at the Walmart uh for a couple hours each time we do it and of course everything the Kiwanis does with the Salvation Army money goes to the Salvation Army but everything else we do is money that we do purely for charities for kids um let's see what else oh i write a weekly column for the Noon and Times Herald on college football so um there's several things i do i guess um you're absolutely right Coweta County is known for a lot of things uh and 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 for me to write This book, And I never knew Coach Bass when I was here before. I I didn't go to school in Noonan, and I ultimately moved to Atlanta, where I went to the Westminster schools. Uh, But I met him when I came back here not quite two years ago. He was in my Sunday school class. And I tell you what, this man is is so special. And and it's funny you bring up uh, Murder in Coweta County. He was telling me one day in one of our discussions, he said, and I'll try to use the Coach Max Bass talk with it, he says, "You know that book, Murder in Coweta County." I used to go fishing with Sheriff Potts. He told me all about it. So there's so many ties back into so many things. It's it's just thoroughly amazing. That's a wonderful.
0: No, I, it, it, you know, that I've seen the response of people, you know, grabbing copies. And they, 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 if you walk over to Corn Arts Gallery, where you keep a lot of your books. You know, whether it's the hardback or the paperback, they're stuffed in bags waiting for you to come back and sign them all the time. So that's a great tribute to that. And we certainly will talk a little bit more about that book uh, in, in just a few moments. But I'd like to take the opportunity now to talk about Steve Quisenberry. Steve, you've been here for a long time. And um, I know that you've spent 36 years uh, in the school system, and um, you've also, uh, you know, at Noonan High School, so you knew Coach Max best. So, you know, I I know that you two, you and Richard, have talked quite a bit, I guess, back and forth, uh, having shared in some book signings. But at the same time, you've also done some adjunct history work, so I'm jealous of you that way. Uh, Park, uh, Park, yeah, Bruton Parker in college, and also at West Georgia. Are you still doing that? I am. Okay, cool. Um, You're too young to be fully retired, you know. So that's awesome. Um, So, but that, but I, because I know writing a book of what you did um, took a lot from, you know, time, effort. um, How you got that all done still makes me scratch my head. Um, but I'd like to ask you, Steve, talk a little bit about Better Men. Just a little bit about you know the the the, the book because I know the book signings have been phenomenal. Uh, we've seen the books flying off the shelves. As a Matter of fact, you've got a book signing even just Thursday. Um, yeah. What time is it? At five o'clock. Five o'clock Th- yeah. Thursday at the uh, uh, at the Noonan. Uh, yes, yeah, excuse me. Let me say it the correct way. The McRitchie Hollis Museum, um, hosted by the. Uh, Noonan Kawita uh, Historical Society. So tell us just a little bit about, you know, your lead up into the writing of the book and what the folks need to know about it.
2: Well, I've been teaching history in Noonan since 1985 at Noonan High School, and I love history. And so when we went to block scheduling at the first part of the 2000s, they were looking for teachers to teach elective classes. And I thought that, number one, there's – I create my own curriculum, which was a certain attractiveness to that. And I thought that one of the subjects that we got very little on – and my my background was heavy on 20th century history. So I thought one of the subjects that we had little background on was Vietnam and the Vietnam War. And so that's what I proposed. Now, you know, I thought – once they said yes, then I realized I had an hour and a half a day for 18 weeks and how was I going to fill that uh, with content? But as it turned out, I didn't have any problem filling the content and I actually get, you know sometimes I'll joke, joke with the kids, I need a couple more weeks. y'all willing to come back over Christmas break, you know and none of them bought that. so um, but I wanted to have them hear from people that lived through it. okay And so that's what I did as I started involving the local, Vietnam veterans in talking about their experiences in Vietnam. Now, you know, that's a narrow area, but, you know, I know a lot about it, but I wasn't there, and I wanted to hear from somebody that was there. So fast forward to about 10 years uh, after I started, and it was going pretty well, and then the, the wall that heals, the traveling wall from Washington, mm-hmm. D.C., uh, came to Noonan in October of 2011. Um and I was part of the group that helped bring it uh here. And um I volunteered to try to find the guys, the families of the guys that died in Vietnam from Calwita County. And I usually talk about the the plaque, which most people never notice, the plaque on the west side of the courthouse that lists, the tw- lists 21 guys. As it turned out, I found that there was actually 23 guys from Coweta that had died uh, in Vietnam, and with the assistance with, of the Noonan Times-Herald, Alex McRae uh, was invaluable in helping me find. Some, some of them were easy to find, some of them not so much. Um, and so with Alex's assistance, we managed to track down um, all, all of them. Uh, or the families. And as I talked to them, you know, I was their point of contact. As I talked to them about coming to the ceremony we were going to hold to honor those guys, you know, when it was all over, I started thinking, you know, I'm in a unique position. I've, I've really felt like it's dawned on me that I was in a unique position that perhaps I could tell their stories, that if I didn't do something then, it was going to be too late. Um, and, you know, even Even the time period I worked on it, which was about 10 years, was too long. I needed to retire from teaching right then and just work on that full time. Um, Because after a while, after about five years, I realized I was going to have to retire to finish. I just did not have the time. I mean, I was teaching full-time. We had a lot of different programs I was working with at Noonan High School. I was also teaching part-time at Bruton Parker for a lot of those years, and then West Georgia. I started several years ago at West Georgia, and uh, I just didn't see myself being able to finish on weekends, um, or, you know, I did a lot of work on this during the summer, but as it turned out, once I retired in June of 2021, uh, I spent a year and a half finishing it, which I was working on it just about full time during that last year and a half. I knew I had to get it done. There was too many family members that yeah. were waiting for it.
0: I can appreciate that. I mean, we only have so much bandwidth, you know, in our lives, and um, you know, I can remember the day my wife, you know, gave me permission to retire so I could write um, because I I knew that once you jump into it, uh, it sounds like this is something you knew you had to invest your whole self into to do the project. And Richard, you're, you know, very similarly because you're retired too. So, um, you know, so talk about your writing process of, of the book because uh, you know, coach Max Bass, uh, you know, died before you finished and you ended up working with his, uh, his widow. Um, so talk a little bit about that writing process.
1: Well, <clears throat> he had been trying to get a biography written for 10 years. And, and when I say a biography, let's be very clear, he, he, he didn't necessarily want it to be a, you know, a, a point A to point B description of his life. He, he always saw himself as sort of a, a self-help guru, a Lou Tice type person. And, you know, I told, I told him one day, I said, now, Coach, you, you've helped a lot of people, but I don't think a self-help book from Coach Max Bass is going to work. We're going to have to put football in here. And, and and once he had decided to, to work with me on this, I was very fortunate. I got to spend every Tuesday morning from 9 o'clock to one thirty in the afternoon at his place, Coach's Corner, where he lives. And we would talk stories, and I would write them down, and I would record them. Uh, and, and his wife, Nancy, would have lunch for us, and we'd talk some more. Um, and sometimes we just talk football. The man knew football like nothing you've ever seen, nothing you've ever seen. And I love Football, so it was, it was just a, a, a labor of love. And then sometimes he would, he, he has about a twenty-three acre spread out there. And when I finally met him, he was, you know, in a wheelchair, basically, an electronic wheelchair. He really couldn't get around, but he had a, a you know, he had, he had a four-by-four four outdoor. We call it the mule. He would say, "Let's get in that mule, boy, and ride around the property." So we'd go around there. And of course, one of the intriguing things was he loves to, fi- he loved to fish, and he had a pond at that place. Well, about six months prior to my arrival, I guess, somehow an alligator got into that pond. So he had an alligator in that pond, and we would see that gator. That gator got to be about eight feet long, and not long after Coach Bass died, the alligator died. So I I told Nancy, I said, there's some correlation here. I'm not sure what. But anyway, back to the process. So Coach had a lot of the stories, and I wish I had taught him ten years prior because there were things that were forgotten and out of context, and there were so many more stories I could have put in the book, but you have to stop at some point. But I realized I needed context, meaning I needed football descriptions, things like this. So um, I showed up here at the Noonan Times-Herald quite often, having to go back to the year 1966. That's when he came to Noonan and read through newspapers on microfiche, sometimes needing two pairs of magnifying glasses. And and I was so happy when I got into about the 1980s where they had them all on the, you know, the actual papers in the books. But I would come here and do tons of work. Of course, that's where I met Mr. Neely here who uh, said, hey, why don't you write a column for us? You know, this is cool stuff. Uh, anyway, just I, I I put it all together and Coach and I were going through it. And unfortunately, in January, he died before I could get it done. Uh, but I was I was like, I'm going to get this done. I'm going to get this done. So, it took a few months for me to get back to it because I—I I, it really hurt me when he passed away. Um, but I got back to it and sat with Nancy. I said, "Well, I think we got ninety-five percent. Let's just finish it up. Let's get some things done." So, and I'd never written a biography. My works were always fiction. So, you know, and I was telling one of the author groups we were talking about. You know, I didn't start with Coach Max Bass was born. It, I started the book sort of like a fiction book. I started in the year 1966 when he first came to Noonan. And I, I, I try to lay out the picture of what Noonan is, the courthouse, the home of Allen Jackson, cow, murder in Coweta County, hearing the trains go through at night, right, trying to set a whole field so that when people, particularly if from this area, read it, they, they kind of go back to that time and that era of when Coach Max Bass was walking the sidelines at Noonan. All was the not the same,
0: it was not the same as it is today
1: by any stretch. Going back that far, no, it really wasn't, really wasn't. Um, but it's it, it it's amazing when you talk to anybody who knew him or played for him or just was a kid at the high school. He he, he would come up and you know probably get in trouble today. He'd pat a girl on the back, you know, and say, "How you doing, honey? How you doing?" You know, it's thousands of kids tell him, you know, Coach Max Bass changed their lives. Uh, Beyond all the football and the coaching of the 100 coaches he had who coached for him, who went on to other careers, I mean, big coaching careers, uh, it's just amazing. And and, and I I truly say it, you know, in the book, and I have it on the back. He he was an influencer of his time. And, you know, I I tell people, I say, buy this book, read it for when you were around, but then give it to your kids to read because there's a lot of life lessons in this thing. And then give it to you. Have them give it to their grandkids to read. People like this only come around once in a lifetime. Mm -hmm.
0: The impact on young people, um, you know, and that's—I think—that's the real value. And I know before we came up here today, we were talking about the young people today. Uh, And Steve, you know, I'm looking at you across the way because I, you know, I'm just—I'm just old enough to. You know, I went to the academy because of Vietnam was in full blow uh, in the summer of 1969, and I had friends that went over there and um, you know experienced Vietnam. Uh, there's some author friends today that still write about it and have their memories about Vietnam, good, bad, and the ugly part of it, too. Um, but the one thing that I think to, to, use, to use the segue about youth. Is for you doing your research and and teaching the young people at the high school before you retired, and now with college students, um, you know, what's the takeaway? What how are the how is this new generation who's removed from Vietnam? They just you know they think Forrest Gump talked about Vietnam you know um you know and so and there's you can go to you know any number of movies beyond that but that's the one that most will go to because you at least survived survive that one um what's the takeaway from the people reading the better men and and actually the the lives that are represented in your book
2: well let me mention too that uh, I read Richard's book and really enjoyed it and uh I remembered some of those incidents that he talked about some of the games uh, coach bass going up the side of the hill in the golf cart and uh, everybody watching that was a big that was big sport and I was working I worked all the games and I worked in the student section which was always entertaining uh, but that was one of the things and so he's right I mean coach bass influenced a lot of people I remember uh, the influence that he had on me he hired me to coach and I didn't coach football but I coached basketball and soccer for uh. About 15 years at Noonan High School uh, before I started the Vietnam War class, and I think the as far as Vietnam goes, um, the kids are interested because you know we have a tendency. History teachers teach history because they love history, okay? But history's always really big you know, it's like international, it's over in Europe, it's in Asia, you know, it's always seems, you know, a lot of the history seems far away. Or, even if you get it a little bit more narrow, it's in Washington, D.C. You know, everybody likes to talk about the presidents, Uh, you know, these kind of things. It's always really big. And it's like, Noonan was there, but it wasn't involved in these things that were happening and that were affecting the country. Well, that's just not the case. They were involved, okay. Except that most history teachers don't know anything about the local part of of history. Um, I know I didn't when I first I started here in 1985. I was 22 years old. You know, I didn't. I came here and I knew immediately that Nuna was really into their houses, which really, you know, uh, and the houses are really nice, but it's really not up my alley. You know, I'm more into the people and the conflicts and that kind of thing. Um, And I knew they were really into the Civil War, what happened, you know, to Noonan or didn't happen in Noonan, depending on how you look at it, uh, during the Civil War, which I thought was interesting. But once I started working with the Vietnam class and with uh, the event we put on at Noonan High School called Student Vet Connect, and we talked to these guys that a lot of them grew up here, went to World War II, served their country, came back, built businesses and homes and families and all that kind of thing, that um, that was a really, really important aspect. And, you know, when I said I realized that I was in a unique position to tell this story, it's also unique in the fact that it's never been told before. You know, it's original stuff, kind of like uh, what Richard did with Max Pass. It's original stuff. Nobody ever, nobody else has written a book about Max, you know, uh, but a lot of people still remember him, and a lot of people still remember these guys. These They were just kids. You know, a lot of them joined at 17. A lot of them uh, are still remembered Here, a lot of their families are still here. A lot of people remember them. I know they remembered it because I interviewed them. You know, I did, you know, majority of the book is friends and family members that I interviewed about those guys and and what they did when they grew up and little stories that people remembered about them, you know, and things like that. Um, Richard mentioned uh, he wished he had started 10 years. I've thought the exact same thing. I wish I had started 10 years before I did. You know, and Richard started relatively recently. I started 10 years ago, but if I'd started 10 years earlier, I'd had even better stories because so many people died. Even some of the people I interviewed died before the book came out, uh, which uh, was disappointing, obviously. Yeah. Well, I'm glad, you know,
0: I'm, I'm glad that the that you were able to, you know, uh, touch the lives of a lot of these students because having been in the classroom myself teaching at, at a point in my career – um, you know, I know the kids look at history as being something they'd rather find something else better to do. Um, and you really have to be good at catching their attention, uh, and for them to see the relevance of it. Um, now some of these kids can think back to the Middle East, you know, Afghanistan and Iraq and things, cause they were youngsters at that time, but they do know about it. I mean, it's thrown at us quite a bit and thank goodness we're not having boys overseas, you know, uh, anytime soon, I hope. Um, but I think that that's important that you would take a look at. And one of the things that I picked up in looking at your book and all that was how you markedly identified these young men as doing what they had to do. And that was a hard decision because, I listen, I, I lived it. It was a hard decision, you know, and I knew guys that that ran to the – to sign up and there was others that recognized they were going to be drafted and they they went in as a result of the draft um and many of us went on to college careers that had to do with the military because we were expecting to be sent overseas and uh you know so
1: yeah rich you know i was first steve's book is incredible i'm i'm still i'm reading it currently and i told him i'm taking my time it's not a book i'm going to explode through real quickly because i'm I'm really enjoying it for, for the feel of it. But the one thing that, that, you know, when he was talking and we talk about the study of history and particularly the Vietnam War, you know, it's funny. When you compare the, the, the Gulf Wars, Gulf One, Gulf Two, Afghanistan, the men and the women that went over to fight in that war were really much more professional soldiers. They volunteered. They were in their 20s, 30s, etc. Vietnam was really and World War Two was very similar, but we didn't get the same feel. Vietnam. When I'm reading this book in particular, I feel this extreme loss of innocence. Mm-hmm. Guys who, and I think that's a lot of what the Vietnam War was was a lot of kids, kids who either drafted or went over, not really knowing what they were getting themselves into and 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 then there was this 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 just total craziness that was playing out on television that was going everywhere and and I, get, I really have he's he's done very good at, at putting that through and it, don't you agree with that Steve that's really this this feel of these and these local guys these local guys and we can think about all the things they did you know down here at 17 18 years old and go yeah I can relate and and then you go Holy cow! And look at what they went into. I mean, true loss of innocence.
2: Yeah, they were caught up in events that were way bigger than themselves, and um, they never got to experience life like all of us now, have. Yeah, that, because you know, they that's, died so young.
0: That's what I noticed with a lot of my friends from my era too. Is that you know who I knew before they went in. And who I got introduced to after they came back and I met them years later, Mm -hmm. it was two different people almost. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, that happy go lucky, have fun kind of character in high school, all of a sudden was withdrawn, very reserved. Or he had a really weird sense of humor and it was his way of masking what he went Mm -hmm. through, you know. Uh, And I worked with a lot of guys that went through that. And I always asked, why are you always cutting up? Why are you always joking all the time? He says, if I don't, I'm going to cry you know, because he remembered. Uh, mm-hmm. So I, there was a lot of those memories. So, uh, you know, I, I can – you know, we could go on and on. We could be here for a while, and, you know, and Clay will have to hold the presses or something. But <laughs> <laughs> but what I would, say, you know, share to you is that, you know, both of these books strike a chord here in Noonan, in uh, all of Coweta County. And, uh, you know, w- we look at the 23 young men that didn't come back, but there's also – an enormous amount of them that went and came back and you know changed and I've had had them walk through the bookstore several times uh and m- make commentary on that and uh, the same thing goes with there's a lot of folks that you know that I know you know and Jenny Jones brags about Coach Bass you know she she lived it uh so that's uh that that's a tribute to uh to both of your books uh, real quickly, talk real briefly. Where is your books v- currently available? Both of you two um, published them independently, which, because of the uniqueness of the books and the timing restraints that you wanted to have, but you both did phenomenal jobs publishing like you did. But for the sake of any aspiring writers out there, you know, sometimes people go, oh, I'm so you know, self published, independently published, you know. Why? Why'd you go to that route? And I think we've just explained it. But how did you feel in getting it published? And how do you feel? Uh, how's the response been from the readers that you've had the chance to get feedback from?
1: Well, you know, I, I've I always say if you're a writer today, you know, unless you're like a politician or somebody that's, you know, a Stephen King or something like that, don't don't write a book thinking you're going to get rich. Just don't write it. For yourself or for some other people that you know. And that's what I do. And I, I actually didn't write this book for myself. I wrote it for Coach Bass and for all the people in Coweta County who wanted this book. I didn't write it for myself. I, I, um, I, I will go ahead and disclose again, I did have some costs in, in producing this. And as soon as I can get to a break even, all the profits for my book are going to be donated primarily to the Fellowship of Christian Athletes. So I, I'm, I'm not making a penny off of this book. And that's what he wanted, and that's what I wanted, and that's what Nancy wanted. So if people are listening, please understand, get out and, and buy it. It's, it's for sale. Only here, uh, the only physical place is the Corner Arts Gallery in Noonan. I, I do that because to promote Jenny down there, but also to promote a bookstore with local authors. Now, it is certainly available on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Apple, all of the regular Places you can, you can buy it like that. Uh, and then, of course, if you run into me on the street, I always have a bunch in the truck, and I'll sell it to you and sign one for you. But, um, no, I think uh, uh, time-wise, I, I had to do it quasi-independently. Um, and, and, again, you know, when you write a book like this, you don't write it for yourself. You write it for other people. Mm-hmm. But don't – I would tell you authors, hey – if you hit magic, that's great, that's great, but you're rare, and 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 just keep writing for yourself. That's great advice, Rich. That's very very
0: true, very true with today's market out there. And Steve, I I looked, I, I asked just the other day when, I, when you and I were sitting, uh, and you were signing a bunch of books. Your magic, you can sign and talk at the same time as you do, <laughs> but um, you know your book is not this this hundred page, you know quick paperback i mean it is a 500 and something is i forget now the yeah, exact it's number a little, a little
2: over 500 little with over the five, appendix
0: and and you know and thank goodness you have a very gifted and talented family to support you your daughter is a, who is a children's author in her own right mm-hmm. you know helped you with a lot of the the prep work and all that uh, and you did all of the interior layout now, and that, some people forget that that is as hard and difficult and challenging as is to do the book cover and do it right um, but you did a phenomenal job. Anybody looking at the book would not know that you know whether it, it was produced by Mercer University Press or Georgia, you know, um, University Press or whatnot. Uh, you did a phenomenal job, um, you know. And, and I just wanted to make sure everybody understands that. What has been probably the the, the most interesting feedback
2: that you've gotten? The most noteworthy.
0: Let's use that word.
2: Probably a couple of, the, uh, I've heard from a couple of the family members, um, that thanked me. Um, I've heard from a couple of the grandchildren that never knew their grandfather and, um, or their uncle, you know, some that were related and never knew him. He was dead beforehand. And, uh, they thanked me for writing it so that they, because now they knew some more about their grandfather or their Uncle or whatever the case may be, um, that's probably the most significant. And I've gotten a, a, a good bit of feedback, um, you know. And but that would probably be the most significant. Those, that's the those are the ones I'm worried about, you know. Uh, because the problem with the book is is the same problem Richard mentioned a few minutes ago. A lot of this stuff happened 50 years ago, and you know, if I ask. You what something something about fifty years ago. You may remember it clear as a bell, or you may have kind of a vague memory, and it may be right and it may not be right. And he may, you know, the guy beside you may remember it differently. Um, I know that one point uh, I followed up on this one. This uh, this guy's aunt told me that so and so had had flew an airplane, and um, they would go out on Sundays and go flying. And uh, so I asked. The guy's sister. I said, when, "When did your dad learn to fly an airplane?" She said, "What are you talking about? You didn't fly an airplane?" <laughs> I was like, "Oh my gosh!" You know, yeah. cause I was about to include that. I didn't know it wasn't true. You know, and um, uh, so I've been concerned about that. And I know there's uh, there's been a couple things pointed out that aren't exactly correct. But as I said, I think in the introduction. Hopefully they're minor, and so far they have been pretty minor. A Historian's um,
0: bane is measuring and weighting of secondhand, you know, information right. and trying to make sure it's it's accurate. Yeah, um, because history is full of those interpretations. It really is. Um, but you did a phenomenal job. The reviews that I noticed were, were tremendous, <clears throat> and and again, um, what I'd like to kind of wrap this up a little bit. Let each of you have one final, you know, comment. But um, you know, uh, I want to remind everybody that Stephen's got his uh, another book signing coming up Thursday night, five o'clock, at the Hollis McRitchie uh, Museum. Um, and you'll be with Susie Berta and I f- forget the third, there's a third uh, author uh, from the Noonan area. Yes. Powell? Yes. Yes. Joseph Powell? Yes. And um, I'm, I'm <clears throat> folks, I'm getting old. I got I to try to pull <clears throat> some of the stuff in. And, um, you know, uh, so, you know, he's there, and you got a couple other places you'll be signing still between now and Christmas.
2: Uh, Yeah, this week I'll be at the Noonan Kiwanis Club. Uh, I was at the White Oak Golden K with uh, Richard last week, but I'm going to the Noonan Kiwanis. I'll be at the Commonwealth neighborhood in Calumet. I do history talks once a month there, and um, I'll be at Noonan High School on Wednesday uh, talking to the Vietnam War class. That's fantastic. And obviously, like Richard, your Mm. books
0: are at Corner Arts Gallery and they keep stocking that shelf over. And you know, you and Richard have your own shelves up there just stocking Mm. them constantly. Um, You know, and Richard, um, you know, I I mentioned this to you, but I had spoken to the director, the new director over there uh, at the Newton and Historical Society, and they're going to be having a special sports uh, program um featured in March and you're already on the guest list to uh because they have some of that Max Bass memorabilia. Yes. Uh so, you know, you're going to be back there. Uh but Richard's going to be in and around. Is there anything else going on that we need to be aware of Richard in my
1: life? In your life? <laughs> That's too private, right? (laughs) Okay. Well, let's see. Uh, Not today, but in a week, I'm being sworn in as the new mayor of Grantville after I won my election. And I officially take office on January 1st. And uh, uh, Clay Neely is sitting here with us. And I've told him, I said, you know, all those crazy articles you've been writing about Grantville, they're all coming to an end. Everything (laughs) great is going to be happening in Grantville now. So other than that, I'm just – Uh, enjoying the time and the season, but I'm very busy and uh, um, just – there you go. I'm busy. Well, (laughs)
0: Richard happens to be part of um, the Hometown Novel Writers Association, to which – you know, I'm proud to say that uh, we this organization has grown a lot in this past year, and it's moving into the, the new year with a lot of momentum going right now, and uh, we appreciate uh, all that Richard's done. Stephen has joined our organization. I hope that he, he can help influence a lot of aspiring writers to, to write the book that comes on their heart, um, and, uh, you know, matter of fact, next month, um, we're going to be—that's going to be the topic. Uh, we're going to be talking about uh, connecting as aspiring writers, and how can you get— connected to help write that book that you want to write. Um, The Hometown Novel Writers Organization has got a lot of great people now part of it because it's not all about what I tried to start. We've gone well beyond that. And uh, uh, Noonan and Cuyahoga County has got a lot of activity going on planning for the new coming year. So – Let's focus back on this. Wish everybody a Merry Christmas. Thank everybody for tuning in to this monthly podcast. And if you have any comments or remarks, please, uh, let. If they're, if they're bad comments, send them to Clay. If they're good <laughs> ones, you can get a hold of me, Mike Brown, through Clay, and I'll be more than happy to, to catch up with you any topics you also would like to hear about. Thank you. Merry Christmas and a Happy New Year.
2: Thank you. Merry Christmas.
1: Thank you and Merry Christmas.